This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of Chewing the Cud. And today we're going to look back at uh, two games. A 3-0 home win against Palace and a nil all away draw against Fulham. Now we'll give predictions for Leicester. Uh, unfortunately, Rich is not feeling too well. There's a bit of a man flu going on, so can't make the day. So it's myself, Collie and Chris. Afternoon, boys. How are you, lads? Hey, Joe. How are you guys? All good, all good. A bit to get through today, so we'll kick straight into it. Uh, Chris, um, we're kind of actually worried about going into the, the, the game against Palace. Uh, and then, as it turned out, we have absolutely nothing to worry about because everyone just stepped up to the plate and display by everyone was just class. And coming off the back of three defeats, it was a little bit of, a bit of pressure on. We really needed a reaction. And Palace are dangerous, especially away from home. So, But it was... It was probably the most complete performance, definitely this mm. season, but I've seen from us in a good while. I think it's just one of those games where everything came together. But we came out and we put our stamp on it from the start. You know, we, we pressed them high. We showed a lot of energy. thought the setup was very good. Lampard and fairness to him, he stuck with the same team, even though we were calling for changes. So fair play to him. He showed a lot of balls there, persistent with the mm. same 11 from the Newcastle game. So... You know, credit to him for that. But uh, it was just, it was a cr- cracker of a day. It was one of those days where you look back and say, that's why I still keep doing it. You know, that's why we keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's few and far between, though. It's a great crowd over. The weather was good. Great performance. Good atmosphere. Everything was on time. It was just a cracking trip, it was. But that was really, really enjoyable. It really was. If when we get to around the 70 minutes, uh, <laughs> tuning up and people start singing the blues and I pack it in, come on, give it another 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, it was great. We played really, really well. Um, you know, even Coleman and Zahar, there was so many, so many areas where we were worried about them threatening us, but they never, bar a spell, I think, in the second half, the first 10 minutes or so. We were in complete control for the majority of it. And we played some really, really good stuff. The goals were brilliant, brilliant football. Like You can kind of see at times well, we play it out from the back and eventually there's nothing on. We play it back to Pickford and he launches it out of play at certain times. But you can goals like the second goal there, you can see what we're trying to do when mm. we're trying to play out. We're trying to draw players in and we're trying to open up the space for runners. It doesn't always come off, but when it does, it's, it's great to see. It's brilliant to watch. We haven't seen goals like that for a good few years at Goodison was uh, really really good it was just you know we're, we're looking back now well, nearly two weeks ago now so I can't say it's it's completely fresh in the memory everything that happened in the game but it was uh, that was the benchmark of such obviously a lot of improvements in my opinion especially from the wingers have a lot to uh, you know improve on but um, that, that's the benchmark you'd like to see as live up to and especially home games because home games are going to be important and if we can continue picking up points against you know we've lost games and we've lost against Spurs Newcastle are playing well United will be there thereabouts Chelsea have beaten us so we've had some tough tough games against teams in and around the top five or six but still maintain where we were last year we have to focus on like beating the teams in the bottom half mm-hmm. you know if you take ourselves over there's another nine teams in the bottom half Gonna play them home and away, eight eighteen games. You know, there's nearly sixty points to play for there against the teams in the bottom half. So I think we just have to focus on just 
being strong at Goodison, beating the teams around us and, you know, just be realistic where we're at. Not, to get, not get too high, you know, when we beat Palace, oh, everything's great. And then, you know, we get a draw, say a Fulham and everything's shite again. You know, we we have to have a bit of balance and it's just as well we don't do these podcasts straight after the game because we'd either be high as a kite or be in full meltdown, effing and blind. And, you know, I, I, no think I, I think I heard that getting better now at some stage. But uh, yeah, it's been just, I, I have a few notes there I wrote down like two weeks ago, Carly, and Chris just touched on one of them. Uh, the two wingers, uh, like now we, we kind of gave out about them, the uh, what trade them if include uh, McNeil. But we, we kind of, given out about them, maybe justified along the way, but the two of them were really class against Fulham. Oh, sorry, against Palace. Yeah, they really were, Joe. And, you know, they didn't have maybe not the greatest of games leading up to the Palace game, but they certainly showed in the Palace game what they can do. But I, I don't know whether it's that just the, the kind of model for a winger that you, you just, they're not consistent enough. You know, absolutely, that's the big word, consistency, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, going into the Palace game, you know, kind of with Anthony Gordon, he was getting a lot of criticism and, mm. you know, I thought he played really well in the Palace game and, you know, Damari Gray, some days he can be unplayable and then some other games he's he's, he's rubbish, Joey, you know, the kind of way and, and it's just, just, there's no consistency with our wingers and, um, but, like even you look down through the years, um, at, at some of the wingers that we've had in the club, uh, Anders Limper, you know, he'd he'd have a great game and then he could have an awful game, you know, the kind of way. so. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one to kind of put your finger on. I, I, I do think we lack quality in them areas, Joe. I'll be honest with you, and it's an area that I, I would suggest that we would be looking to maybe recruit if if there's any. Obviously, money in, in January or, or certainly trying up for a loan option um, in, in January, Joe. You know, the kind of, it is an option that it is an area I just think about just a little bit weakened. Um, I, I don't personally, I don't think McNeil is a winger per se. Um, he's certainly not your conventional winger, you know. Um, now, having said that, I, I thought the goal he scored against Crystal Palace was cracking, absolutely cracking. Mm. And it just kind of, showed a very, very small skill set that the chap possesses, you know, the kind of way and, and like he has a, a lovely touch and, you know, he has a sweet left foot. I just don't think we utilise that enough, personally. Um, But no, look, getting back to the Palace game, I think Chris was spot on. I think you have to also applaud Lampard. He switched it up to a 4-2-3-1. I think that suit was better. I think the suit on Anna better. Sitting then deep with Awobi in front, you know we've spoken about Awobi. Don't know many times this year, you know, and how good he's been. I thought he was excellent against Palace. Joe, mm. I thought he, he he ran his arse off, and you know it's great to have Dominic back. Coleman, what a job he done on Zaha. Um, I certainly didn't see him starting against Zaha. To be honest with you, um, but he stepped up to the plate and and it just proved what a, a good professional Seamus Coleman is. And then obviously the two lads in centre back, solid, uh, solid can be. Mikienko, again up and down a bit, but thought he played really well against Palace. And, and look, I don't think anyone could could say we didn't deserve the three points. You know, we were on it from minute one to minute ninety five, and 
we totally deserved the three points and, and you know, maybe the three nil scoreline was a bit, you know, charitable and then I thought we might get one or two more. But look, three nil, home win, three points, fans go home happy. It's great to see, but look, we go on to Fulham then and unfortunately we just we couldn't keep that run going. But Fulham's a, a good side. They've started the Premiership really well, and and we came up to it. It came up against the side that are on a hot streak of form, um, at home. So I actually thought we'd done okay to come away with a point after our second half performance. Yeah, oh, we're gonna have to Fulham now in a second, but I just want to touch back on the uh, the display by Dominic Cavett Leon Chris. I mean, he was. Uh, I know we said it'll take kind of maybe to the far side of Christmas to get back to his best but uh, with the goal he scored the opener I mean the touch to take around the defender and I know some people say he didn't have that in his locker but it was just sublime it was definitely a different kind of goal than we're used to seeing him from he took it really well and he actually got back and put a tackle in in the first place and turned the ball over before the ball was played back into him so he done really well he just he does he gives us something different and look I've personally said that there's a lot that Calvert-Lewin isn't good at. He's not. I don't think he's as good as he's made out to be personally. But mm. well, what do I know? But he's still <laughs> far and away better than anything we have. You know, he's yeah. our main yeah. goal scorer, and he does give us that option, especially when you have the likes of a Wobie playing in and around him. The ball sticks so much better. He can, you know, play. He can play the diagonals into the channels. So he'll take it in. He bring players into play. Even if he's not doing a whole lot, you know he's so good in the air. He's always a threat, so he's always going to occupy the defence. They're always going to have to keep their eye on him with his movement in the box, especially. But um, as you said, he's not full tilt yet. He's still building his way back up to fitness. But he took his goal really, really well. And that set the benchmark then. Goal ahead, his confidence is up. You know, the longer it went with him coming back as well, without scoring, it would have become a big thing. You know what I mean? So I'm glad mm-hmm. he kinda, he's off the mark for the season now. And, Let's hope he can just keep building his levels two more games before the World Cup and he'll bang in another couple of goals. But I was really impressed with him. But as you said, it's it's getting players in and around him because without him, especially when you have the likes of Mope who's been playing, we haven't been playing to his strengths either. We, you know, especially away from home when we're focusing on being more compact and you're relying on him trying to hold the ball up and it's like passing mm. to a trampoline. The ball's coming straight back to you. But at least Don makes it stick a little bit and we can get up the pitch, get get the wingers a bit high up. Even the full-backs now as well. Mikalenko's getting a bit higher up as well. So it's great to be able to get players higher up the pitch and not leave players, leave attackers isolated. But yeah, great to, ha- great to have him back. Um, yeah, I can't say much more about it other than the three goals were just three brilliant football and goals like up until the Palace game we've been struggling for goals I think we still we've played what 13 games we've still only scored about 12 goals I think in 13 games mm. so we're still we're still lacking that was the first time I think we've scored more than one isn't it would I be right or wrong there uh, possibly possibly yeah I can't think we, we don't do that often that's for sure I think we might have only scored more than one goal once the season up until the Palace game I can't remember back most of the games you want away from your memory but <laughs> yeah but it was good to see it come together but then as Carl touched on going back to Fulham then we 
we, you know, we just we couldn't get on the scoreboard. Where it seems to be a big contrast home and away. Although we've been a bit better away from home this year, there's still a lot of work to do on the road in terms of turning those nitty gritty draws into three points and getting goals and being clinical. Mm-hmm. Even go back to the Tottenham game, we two really good chances there. We, you know, we have to start being a bit more clinical, especially away from home. Yeah, I think that's the key, Colly. Uh, it's just it's been going on for years, to be honest. The, the Jekyll and Hyde, the home and away. Uh, but we just need to find some consistency somewhere. I know people say, ah, Everton don't do away, but I think it's time to start doing it. Yeah, you just can't write these games off, Joe. You can't turn around and say, well, we just don't do away. But, mm. you know, we have to look again, Mr. Positive that I am at times, Joe. You know, last year, we probably would have lost that game, you know, the Queen away. So take a point, yeah, probably not the best result we wanted, but. We didn't concede anything. Clean sheet. We take a point from, as I've already said earlier in the podcast, Fulham at the moment are in form. Mitrovic is playing really well. You know, he's a danger man. Uh, he should have been sent off, but the, I'm sure we'll, we'll speak about that in a bit. But, you know, we just can't be writing these games off. And, and we had our chances to win. Um, you know, I know Carver Loon put, you know, was reeled offside, but again, where, where we. Has VAR done, VAR done us there? I, I was away in Salou, so I, I was watching a foreign-speaking uh, television station uh, for the game, so I'm not too sure uh, whether he was offside or was it could, could it be marginal. I don't know. But um, I just do think last year, given the way our team was last year and the spirit in the camp, I think we would have gone on and lost that game. So, look, it's a point gained in my mind and we go on to Saturday's game now against Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a good first half, Chris. Uh, no, no. Pickburn was kind of keeping us in the game, but uh, a couple of good chances, especially that one with the Marty Gray, where your man pulled up a great save. Um, but, uh, we, we, again, similar to the way, we, we just don't do, like, two good halves. Because we never come out for second half. No, I thought first half, it was probably 50-50. We gave as good as we got. And as as Carly said, they, they've been playing well at home. It was the first game they didn't mm. score. So they have been playing very well, playing with no fear, no pressure on them. And fairness to Silva, he has them playing some good stuff. They're a tidy side. I can't figure this league out at all. I'm not sure whether outside the top one or two, everyone is absolutely garbage or it's the most competitive <laughs> league in years. Because I can't uh, even I pick three standout teams. Yeah, but that that's a danger team because if, it, if it's similar, I'm sorry to cut across, but like last year, uh, anyone can beat anyone, but that's the danger where if you don't string a, a few results together, you get sucked back into this. I just think there's not a whole lot between, like, Arsenal are playing well this year and City, obviously, are what they are, but after that, there's not a massive amount between teams, like, Leeds going and beating them the other night, and Brighton mm. hammering Chelsea, like, I just think we, in years gone by, say, yeah, Fulham, we should be beating Fulham, and not divine right where Everton and this or that, you know, but I just think you can't be expecting really to beat anybody nowadays because the gap mm. is so minuscule between all the team. Anybody from, you know, fifth, sixth, all the way down to probably 17th, 18th could beat anybody on their day. So it's so competitive. So I think we just have to take game by game and kind of, like you said, look at where we were last year and how we're faring up. You know, the games at Brentford, Leeds, Fulham there, we probably would have come away without points last year. So we we you know the improvements are there and 
it's going to be a slow burner. I think some days we'll have days like Palace where it all comes together and we're going to have other not so good where we lose three games on the bounce and we just kind of have to be a bit, a bit realistic. But I think after last year, we're all just bleeding terrified of being dragged back into that into that dogfight and we want to get as many mm. points on the board as possible to try and just hang around mid-table and, and be be clear of it and not, you know, be hang, hanging in around the bottom four or five going into the second part of the season. But the worry, like you said, going back to the game, first half we were all, the second half was just, why didn't we just keep what we were doing in the first half? We just had little or no attacking intent and it's so hard to watch. Watching from behind the couch when you're not there, just waiting away from the score, wave after wave, and then, you know, we just can't keep the ball. Our ball retention is so poor. It's just, how can one week you be replaced with such good football and then the next week, you just can't keep it. It can't wrap my head around it. It just has to be a mindset or a confidence thing. We just go hiding when our backs are to the wall away from home. I, I don't know what it is, but the ball just get being turned over. It wasn't sticking. We were plowing it long. They were just coming straight back. It was so hard to watch. Like, we gave Mitrovic 10 shots. I mean, yeah. surely to God, yeah. we know right, this fella's good. This man Mark came out again. 10 shots. Like, if we give Halland 10, 10 shots, a fella get two hat-tricks against us. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's such a... It's a tricky one. It's whatever way you look at it. Because defensively, we've been quite good this year. But at the same time, we're still giving up so many chances. And if it wasn't for Pickford and some poor finishing, we, we you know, we've conceded an awful lot more. Like, you'd want to be restricting... The chances as well, expected goals, restricting the chances, clear cut chances. But it is, it's frustrating, you know. After the Palace game, and you would have like, you would have liked to think we can, we could kick on. It's, I'm not too disheartened with a draw, but it's the performance second half. I was, I want to see a bit more in terms of progressing with the ball, being a threat for the whole game, always feeling like we could win it or nick something or like we wanted to have a go or we were trying. It just felt after about sixty minutes. I think he says, Roy, shut up shop here. We'll just take a draw and we'll run. And yeah, I don't, you just suppose you'd like to see a little bit more from us, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, like, I was disappointed uh, on the day with the point, Collie, because uh, I think, like Chris said, they were bang on more so the display. And, and silly enough that if the first half display had been in the second half, it came away, like, not too disappointed, but uh, I. Uh, it's just, it's a crazy situation. Because, like I said, you can't put a full match together. Never mind two matches. <laughs> you can't put like a full ninety minutes together at the moment. And it's, I don't know what what the situation is. How to fix it? Yeah, it is. But it's it's an odd league, Joe. I tend to agree with with Chris and what he said in relation to, you know, outside of the top maybe one, two or three top teams. You know, it's a bit of a crazy league and. You know, why can't we do, why can't we replicate our second half performance, you know, against Fulham, like our performance against Palace? It's a, it's a tough one to, to put your finger on, you know. Um, I just I, I just don't know. I, I wish I did know, Joe, because I don't think I'd be on a podcast. I think we managed to do a football team if, if <laughs> exactly. I did, you know. I think that's the life of an hour, Tony, to be honest. Just, the, this one, just on that call, um, Chris touched on it. Pickford was absolutely class. I mean, he's just... He seems to get better by the game. I know, like, even the Palace, he pulled off a couple of great saves. But uh, he, he's just on form now of his life, probably. Yeah, he is, Joe. And, and, and 
you know, I know at the moment there's contract talks happening and I'm, I don't know whether they're just fully there yet, but I really do hope he signs up because, you know, you got to hand it to him over the last two years, how much he, he's come on. And, and and I've said this before in the podcast, Joe, I think a big, a big, uh, a big kudos goes to Alan Kelly as well. Oh, massive, um, because I, I I don't know what's going on. And look, we, we've read the stories about sports psychologists and there's little things in his game when the camera goes to him, you know, you can see him doing. And, but, and I know he's become a father. Has he, you know, has he matured? I don't know. I don't know. But whatever he's done, just keep doing it, Jordan, because to, to think that anyone else by Jordan Pickford is England's number one for the World Cup is, is beyond the joke, you know, the kind of mm. way. And you, you see... Obviously, you don't be on Twitter, Joe, but certain fans of other clubs are calling for this, that, and other to be number one for England going to the World Cup. But there's no other keeper, Joe. For me, you know, Jordan Pickford's the best keeper in, in the Premiership for me by, by a country mile. And now I don't know, and that's just bias, maybe. I don't know. I, I just think he's, he's a fantastic keeper. And, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds over the last 18 months, two years, but again, Alan Kelly has a lot to do with that. Yeah, big time. Just to, uh, on Pickford as well, Chris, um, I, I call his bang on, there's no, there's no doubt that he's going to be uh, the number one keeper for, for England, but uh, as as much as the credit goes to Tarkovsky and Cody, he has to get like a lot of it as well for, for the, the, the solidness of the whole defence. He's bringing out the best of him as well, having... I think there's a bit more trust there this year. You know, when he had likes of Michael Keane in front of him and Holgate, who are fairly... We know, you know, they're kind of really prone to giving away a stupid goal and making a mistake. And it always felt like there was never any calm defensively with us, you know. There was always a bit of panic with mm. sort of Keane and Holgate there. But there seems to be trust now with Pickford, with Co- uh, Cody and Tarkovsky in front of him as well. And leadership throughout the whole spine now, because we know leadership at centre-back for, for years. So Pickford's a leader in himself, you know, and the two lads in front of him. So there's a good bit of communication, little things of communication, just where to be, reading the game, positioning everybody. You know, as a unit, we just look that back far. Now, Patterson back as well. Good to see him start, hopefully, the weekend. And Mikalenko, he's hard against Fulham. He was really, really good. I think I think five times that he got caught one on one with the winger and he didn't let him, he didn't get beaten once. He was really really good, so that was good to see from him. But um, we just look so solid as a unit, and I think having consistency in selection is is really helping because yeah. so many times last year I think it was didn't we play thirty odd games and I think we had twenty six different back part, partnerships back for we just couldn't mm. get a settled team. So touch wood. We seem to be getting consistency in performance not in terms of the levels, but with the team selection, pretty much, which is always going to help the partnerships on the pitch, the understanding, the communication, everything like that. So, you know, all these little things definitely, like players should improve each other. What's, what's around you improves you, you know what I mean? So, hmm. but just definitely when the defence has been beaten, he's just been, he's been fantastic. Um yeah, got a lot last season. I mean, he's a big part of keeping us up. But all the points Collie mentioned that you know he's he's a father. He's a couple of years older now. He's a lot more mature. I mean, he's after playing in a European final with England as well. You know, experiences like that 
saved a penalty. You know, all these things are going to bring him on. So I think he's less going to not going to be faced as much now by anything that he's. You know what I mean? He's just he's uh, he's not going to get caught up in stupid little things he might have with the crowd and that when he was a bit younger mm. and a bit more erratic, possibly. His mindset seems to be a calmer and in a better place and it's just yeah and he's only young enough for a keeper was he still 27 28 exactly, even yeah, so yeah. He's, he's peaking if even peaking you know it's definitely a good five or six solid years in him so um yeah hopefully he signs a new contract and he and he stays because i can't see you know where we are at the moment as a club getting a better keeper than him for a decent fee you know Begovic a decent backup, but he doesn't bring it as much as Pickford does, even in terms of the distribution and his overall instinctive saves, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he'll sign up. And, uh, again, we can just keep that consistency with the back four, keep getting the same back four or five out every week. And it's just a great, brilliant platform to build from. We're building from the back, which is the right thing to do. We're hard to beat. Even in the games we've lost, we mightn't have offered a whole lot, but we're not getting turned over comfortably. We're still in the game and we're... We're making it hard for the opposition. It's not always pretty, but what we can see, and Carly mentioned it earlier, winger will be a priority for me. I think the midfield is we're okay. I think Garner is going to eventually find his place in the team, and he'd probably keep it. I'm not sure at the expense of who, but mm. I think the midfield we're looking okay. He probably let. I don't know if the car might leave or whatever, but we'd probably bring in another centre mid next summer to keep pushing on forward, like the kudos we were linked with. So they're obviously still looking for that attacking midfielder, you know, possibly so. But we definitely need to address the winger situation. Um, it's just the end product just isn't there. And I know Gordon's a young lad and he's developing, he's going to be up and down. Gray, he is what he is. He's frustrating. He just, he makes the easy things look hard and the hard things look easy. You know, it's so <laughs> frustrating. We really, we definitely need more quality on the wings, and that'd be the priority for me. If not in January, definitely in the summer. We definitely need more goals and assists. I think we're just a bit too predictable and a bit. Our decision making in the final tour is really poor. Our cross, you know, the cross and the overhead crosses and poor corners and like Gordon. I don't think Gordon should be started week in week out. I think he should be brought in sparingly, and I think he'd perform a lot better. Not a little less expectancy on him, possibly. He can have, he, he, we have to play him every week because we've no one else. It's only him, Graham McNeil. Three of them should probably be vying for one position, I think, mm. because they're mm. kind of all the same. You know what I mean? They're all going to chip in with a couple of goals, maybe a couple of assists, but you know, we really need a top, top notch winger. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's. You know, with the makings of a good side there, but we're not going to do it all in the one window. I think we've done really well addressing, you know, the defensive issues. And, you know, we've conceded such, Jesus, what, 63 goals? I think we shipped something like that last year. So we're well, well below that. The way we're going this year, I think we've fucking be nearly half that. But, but um, yeah, just we'll see what happens anyway with the two games coming up get us even four points on the board going into the break and then you've only two games so January window's open again so hopefully we can find ourselves in a good position and we can be a little bit more positive again after the World Cup Yeah I think that's the key Collie going into this World Cup break which is just ridiculous to be honest but uh, if we go into this World Cup break unbeaten uh, it just gives us that springboard to go into the new year 
with uh, high expectations. Yeah, of course it does. And, and you look at the table, hopefully, and, and we're sitting in around mid-table, Joe, you know, the kind of way. And look, you know, I, I put a question to you guys yesterday in relation to expectations for the season and where what would be our expectations now compared to at the start of the season, you know? Um, uh, you know, I think we can. I think we will beat Leicester on on Saturday. It won't be an easy game, um, but they're going through a bit of a spell at the moment. Um, but if we can, if you can go on then and go into this break, as you said, unbeaten, I think it just gives us an, a a great boost going in then to January and try and get one or two bodies on board, try and shift one or two bodies, and, and it just gives us that that kind of pedestal to go on and, and just to try and achieve the best we can, you know. Um, Hopefully we're nowhere near relegation come to, coming towards the end of the season, which I don't think we will. I, I just think we won't get turned over by any team. Um, maybe bar Man City, of course, but um, I, I don't think we will concede. You know, a lot in games we we may be beaten by the odd goal or two here and there, but I just think the team itself is looking much more solid as Chris has already pointed out. You know, and, and that's not just solely down to the two centre backs. You know, um, but look. We are one thing I will say. We just have to take one game at a time, and you see fans saying, "Well, we're playing this, and we're playing this, and these are the next five games." And how many points are we going to get? And on paper, you could say, "Yeah, we should be getting five out five wins." But this league is so unpredictable this year that you can't take any game for granted. So we take one game at a time. Okay, Saturday's Leicester at home. You know they're on a bit of a poor run. We're at home, so naturally you would think that. We should just literally just obviously, you know, win the game. But it's, there's no games easy in this league, Joe. You know the kind of way. So, um, as a fan base, I think we need to just take a one step at a time. But certainly for me, even in, you know, I know the first team have taken strides forward, in my opinion. But even underage levels, you see an awful lot of players being signed up on long contracts and stuff. So, there's good things happening in the background. Um. But it's going to take time, Joe, you know? Yeah, exactly. Small steps, small steps. Right, we'll get into uh, the predictions here uh, for Leicester. I know, I just had to look there. Rich has gone for 2-1 win for Everton. Uh, so, Chris? 2-1. I hate this. You hate um, everybody, Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, everybody's pissed me off in the last 21 years or something. <laughs> it's real. <yeah>. Even Everton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they're they're yeah. picking up a bit, to be fair. Now they were yeah. beating City last week, beating against City. But, I mean, they, Rogers looked like he was on the brink, didn't he, after they got a bit of a few pacings. Then they turned Forrest far mm. nil. They won't far nil at Wolves. So, they're starting to pick up a bit. Like the team they have on paper, they should never be anywhere near the bottom. And I don't think they will be. But it's all about what we do. You know, we need to try mm. and replicate the Palace game. Half five under the lights. Last game before the World Cup. So there should be a good buzz in the place. You know, it should be lively enough. If we can get on the front foot, press them high and get ourselves ahead. Hopefully that will carry us over the line. But that game last year and we nicked the draw or Charles in the last minute they ran rings around us for mm-hmm. the majority of the game we were far far too open but hopefully now with the midfield we have we've a little bit more a bit more legs and we can get about the pitch a little bit better we're not as lethargic you know so just have to stay tight on that Madison fella and 
you know, not give away the like the United game can be giving the ball away in silly areas and leaving space in behind for Vardy to run into and uh, Harvey Barnes. You know, they have some good attacking players. So, Tillman's as well. No shots in around the box. So, they they have their dangers like any team. But if we if we go out and play our game and we hit the levels we expect to, it's, it's definitely there. Because everybody's there for the taking, especially at home if we perform on the day ourselves. So, let's hope it's just another one of those days and we can get the three points on the board. And then I think we're... Seventeen points, and then Bournemouth the way to come. We're, you know, we're in good, relatively decent shape coming up to, coming up to the break. Yeah, I take that to be honest. Uh, right, uh, Cully, prediction for Saturday. Um, I'm gonna go for a, a thrilling game on Saturday, and I'm gonna go for a three-two win to the Blues. Three-two win to Everton. Okay, uh, I'm going to go for a really, really tight because, um, like Chris said, now they had a brutal start. I think Rogers was kind of fair to be sacked at one stage, but they kind of tightened it up now. They've like four clean sheets out of the last six, so um, like the similar to us, they're getting it right at the back, starting at the back, keeping it tight. So I'm just going to go one nil Everton. That'll be a horrible shot game, but I'll take it. Listen, a one nil win now. To be honest, um. I just think, and then they have the Dangerman, and now Chris mentioned two of them, uh, Tiedemans and Madison. Um, I'll just, I'll just think it's going to be a cagey tight affair, and hopefully we can sneak a one nil win somewhere. All right, boys, thanks very much for tonight. Good to have us back. Good stuff, right, lads. Good to be back. Uh, talk to us next Chris, week, we'll hopefully again. again after win. See you, boys. Bye. Take it easy. See you, boys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.